space where all the stars shine. Some hold greatness close, keeping out the cold, while others act as a lighthouse, telling stories untold. This is our responsibility as beings of all kinds, to search, to embrace, ride the waves and find all of our stars. This is Star Trek Bait. With Joshua's Lieutenant Canton, Kevin, Lieutenant Commander Kelvick, and Tracy as Captain Vigrel. This episode we catch up with our officers having a completely normal day as they investigate a new forming star system. So this is a normal <laughs> day, but it's it's our flashback episode. Except we haven't actually recorded all the flashbacks, unlike that time they did that to Riker. So does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. Yes, maybe? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I sent out that little sheet to the Talona 2 crew to give you guys ideas of who you could use. You can use whoever you want. Ralphie and Malloy, maybe. We'll figure it out. But they're kind of fleshed out. Right, I thought it was like before the before time. It is the before time. So if you want to use them, that would be interesting to show how you guys were interacting before and then now you don't because things happened. But it's an idea for you to flesh out your own character and other things on the ship or other things before the ship. We could do with Vigril's dad. Wait, it's the captain be before the ship? No, it could be whenever. Okay. Yeah. It's This is up to you guys. What it's, what it's going to be... I, well, I was going to wait before I actually start the story. But it's going to be basically you... Everybody tells like half of a story. Like we set it up, and that story is going to involve, hopefully, the people that are helping you with your current task. You, you tell half of it. We pause it like a critical moment thematically. And then someone else tells a story. Someone else tells a story. And then we're at the, like, the halfway point, and then somebody does a check. It'll make more sense later. And then we we resolve each of the stories, and then we come, then we make that final check in the current time. It'll make sense, I hope. There'll be lots of fate points to throw around. Is this your pawn far? <laughs> Just thinking about it. <clears throat> nice. It's uh, yeah, we can um, if you guys are good, I'll go ahead and start it. I'm good. Yes, no, maybe. Okay, cool. Yeah. Sweet. So I will I'll offer you guys fate points to set up the whole thing, and also you guys can get more fate points for your stories. It's basically just setting up a normal – the title of the story is Just a Normal Day. Well, since last adventure, you guys rescued those Plockter. That's what they called themselves. And right. Vigrel was like, hey, I'll make a deal with you so you can trust us a little bit. So he said, just don't go near that space, and we'll give it a little bit of time and see if we trust each other. So for like a week or two, you've been, you know, you've been doing your Starfleet thing. It's not going against your requirements, but you're not going deeper into that space. So this is just like a normal science. You come across a very interesting new star formation. It's very volatile. There's a lot of planetoid-like objects that are circling it really close. You guys want to get good readings on it because you're Federation and that's what you do for science and whatnot. So 
to do the normal things, you guys have to get in close with the ship to get some good readings of it. Unfortunately, because further out it gives sensor things. You got to get past the all the sensor messing up stuff. You know what I need? I need the techno babble thing. There you go. Yeah. New stars formation and stuff is messing up the reciprocating the reciprocating gradient drive as well as the oscillation subspace stabilizer, the self-sealing tetrion cap capacitor whenever you try to get readings. So you want to go in closer for your ship. And to do that, a ship normally couldn't do it, but luckily you have a, a very experienced pilot who is good at, at steering vessels this size. So Vigro, knowing what you know, you know the best way to pilot the ship is through the battle bridge. So you're going to take one or two either officers or enlisted. You'll wait, get wait. to decide. We have a battle bridge? Yes, you have a, yeah, every ship has a battle bridge. Really? I mean, you, if you pay me a fate point, you don't have a battle bridge. <laughs> the auxiliary, auxiliary control station. <laughs> okay, that's fine. You, uh, it's the auxiliary control piloting maneuvering it's station. It's bridge. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know that the best way to get the best sensitivity and fast reaction times is through there. The reason okay. that you can't do that on the bridge is because the bridge is the best place to get the best average of every single system in the ship. If you go to if you go to these smaller sections, you get better control. So you're going there. Okay. Um, since you're going to be close, there's going to be a lot of debris floating around, both big and small. Kelvec is going to go to deflector control, main deflector control, so he can have better access to the deflector dish to either move these objects or you know just basically shoot them out of the way. So you you don't get disrupted in this huge vortex of basically planet building material. And Canton, he is – you guys have made him like the nexus of communication. He's going to the system monitoring room to act as a communication while Tothela stays on the bridge and kind of he's – he's a backup command situation. So each of you are going to these little broken off parts of the ship to do your specific task. Kelvec will have one or two people with him. You decide who goes with you. Um, Vigro, I have one or two. Canton, you'll have one or two. These could be officers, enlisted, whoever it is. And basically what's going to happen is the idea I have for the story is while you're waiting to do these things because it's a normal day and normal days in Starfleet are mostly boring, <laughs> there's some reason to have a flashback either most likely concerning these people you're with. And so you'll have a flashback with this person. And through some interaction, maybe you'll put an aspect on yourself or that person that then when we come back to the now time, uh -huh. you use that to boost – oh, not just boost. Maybe it has a negative effect. I don't know. But it has some effect on what's going on right now. So the story you're telling involves you and other people, and it goes back and forth basically. You'll tell a story. Well, all of us will tell part one of a story. Then we'll come back and do like a midway check of like, you know, Vigro saying, okay, I'm going into the worst of it now. Can you clear it off? Blah, blah, blah. Then we'll tell the part two of the stories where we have the resolution. And at the very end, we'll have that fat, that last check to either get us out of the star or do that last sensor check. So we, you know, 
do the Federation get information thing. You know, talking about normal days, I'm, I'm assuming that in Starfleet, only 24 days a year are actually interesting. Yeah, about that. Yeah. So the people in the story need to be with us? Um, most likely that would make it interesting. If they're not, that's fine. They don't have to be. I just I wanted to throw some there in there so you guys could maybe well, it actually it actually makes sense on my end because the only crew member that's in my story besides me is Gran, who it would make sense to be down she's, with me because yes, she's the next best pilot. No, on no, the I show. actually have to get my hands dirty. I can tell someone else what to do. Yes. So if we want to, we can go ahead and actually yeah, you guys get a get a fate point because. I took control of the scene and guided you here. So however many fate points you start with, you start with another one. And so every time – I think I don't, I don't think I got to tell you, Kelvick. Every time we do a sto- – like let's say Vigro goes first. He tells this story. During that time, Canton and Kelvick, you will get a fate point to spend for that story, either by injecting something to make it interesting or taking a fate point to say someone shows up or either someone leaves. Basically, you get a free fate point to spend on that story. And if you don't spend on this story, it just kind of it never happened. Okay. I'm, we're throwing fate points around at everything. It's like they don't even mean anything. Yeah, I know. It's like candy. I'm trying to get you guys used to throwing them away, so you just give them all to me next session, like within five minutes. So you guys are pulling into the system. You're at your different areas of the ship. The lighting is low to give it an intense feeling, except Canton's probably. I would say the uh, the deflector array reminds me of In Generations, which is the only time I'll probably mention that movie, where Captain Kirk died. Not that you're going to die, Kelbeck. I'm just what? saying that first uh, time? the first time he died, yes. Okay. You're like you know like a lo- like the long hallway thing. Actually, you know what? You guys can you guys describe to me what the rooms are like and everything. I like that better. I guess we'll go down the chain of command. <laughs> Set up who you're with and what the bridge looks like and all the things. Okay. Well, um, let's, well, Ensign Grant obviously came with me, and who else would have come with me? Just a c- couple of enlisted officers, uh, enlisted engineer. An enlisted communications officer, you know, just to you know keep channels open with the rest of the ship and that kind of thing. Okay, so two enlisted. Yeah. Okay. And the battle bridge, it's it's very bare bones. I mean, the chairs are very plain looking. There's, you know, it's it's a no frills bridge. It's just got there's no science stations in the back. There's basically you've got up front you have your Helm and your ops, and then over to the side you have tactical. And well, one side you have tactical, the other side you have communications. And uh, there's the captain's chair, and that's it. There is also in the back there is one like sensor station, but it's not really a full science station. It's just sensors you'd need in a combat situation apart from targeting. Okay, Kelvec, what does the I just said it before. The deflect, the main deflector control room look like. What do we got in there? It's a smaller room. It's just big enough for about three to four people to work comfortably. Has a couple computer stations 
for different aspects or different areas of the deflector array that might need to be manipulated or assisted or is this one of these strange rooms that's only accessible through like a Jeffrey's tube or something? <laughs> Not or is it okay? Normally, but it does have Jeffrey's tubes access, so when the the doors get inevitably locked shut that you can ah, yeah. scurry nice. around through the ship. Check out through people that are with me. Do you want to set that up yet, or do you want to wait for your story? E- either way, I, I, I think I've got uh, Tethelis with me. He was supposed to be on the bridge, but do you want to take He's him with bridge? you? No, no. I, I was thinking, because I, I probably had at least one of the Fontians. Okay, cool. People from the Trek, and then the uh, one of the crew members, one of the more uh, tenacious remembers from the the ship we rescued um, people that that have joined the ship but wanted like start contributing um, okay and, the and the fontians becoming part of the crew yeah the fontians definitely wanted to do that the pluck tour the guys that you guys had rescued from that fighting ship you could probably take one of those guys the civilians are still highly xenophobic and they would not want anything to do with you but do you want to take one of those other guys yeah, I think One of they, the plot tour guys. They all want to start becoming custom to the crew, and I think the the deflector array is, is a pretty good intro and pretty nice. boring, pretty low security risk in case they happen to do what have you, and they can't mess up too much if they, they get in there okay. and start pressing. Luckily, you know that uh, neither one of them are very... It's not like one's like a Klingon and one is like a beta. They're very normal-ish, the Fontian is probably not to you, but maybe to Vigler or something. They're a little too empathic, just but you probably don't care or notice. And the Proctor is just like a normal bat guy. Bat guy? All oh, right, bat yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, bat. Excuse me. Yeah. Yes, bat guy. No, I got it. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. Um, he's apprehensively interested. They are they are much better than the the civilians you rescued. All right. Uh, yeah, you, you guys, of course, took the weapons from them, and they've worked out something where they, you know, it. this is a good, you know, olive leaf towards them to, you know, trust them with parts of the ship. Yeah. So he is, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Anything else you want to add to that? At least one of the other, like, Starfleet crew, I think, was with me. Like a security enlisted me. person or um, another security officer? Another, well, I need a science officer there with me. Okay. Right, since we're on having to do sciencey stuff. You're doing you're doing kind of tactical sciencey things. Yeah. yeah. So one science officer. Is this going to be the science officer Ralphie, or is it a different science officer? <laughs> do we have other science officers? Yeah, you do. Yes. She is. <laughs> she is like. Probably one of the higher science officers. You can get like a Lieutenant JG or some science officer. Yeah, let me get one of them. The more we flesh out, the better. So that's yeah. good. She would, th- yeah, that'd be fun. Me and a couple of no names. Lieutenant JG. Okay. Cool. Canton. Yep. What about you over in, where'd the story go? The communication. The systems monitoring room. Systems monitoring room? Well, if it's a systems monitoring room, I'm assuming that it's kind of a long, thin room and that the entire wall is just 
monitors and uh, you know, computer access panels to just uh, so you can kind of you know step back, look back and forth, and pretty much see from the chair when removed back what's going on at every station. But it's you know not a comfortable chair because you don't want to sit that much. You kind of jump around and uh, you know touch, check, call on different things. I probably only took you know, because of my low rank and everything. I probably only took one crew person. You're still higher rank than a lot of people. Mm. And you have enlisted. You have some of the the Fontians, of course, will. Had gladly help with anything. You have other officers too. Let us get a officer that is versed in communications. What ranks am I going for? He could be a lieutenant or lower. Probably lower. Uh, lieutenant JG Ensign. Okay. Yeah, with, with with the enlisted people, you can go. I wrote them down. Oh yeah, I, I see the list. Yeah, crewman, petty officers, chief petty officer, all those things. Maybe not master chief petty officer or anything higher, because while technically you outrank them, right? It's kind of not. It that's kind of not work that they would do. Okay, so let's go with uh, human out of communications. We'll do ensign black and do. Uh, going through just my list of uh, alien names and such. So, we need a petty officer or a crewman first class? Oh, let's just do a second class crewman. Carticus. Crivolacarticus. That sounds like a fun name if he ever comes back on. Alright, so we got uh, Ensign Black from Communications and a uh, crewman third class. Uh, Vilacarticus. Spell that out. K-R-I-V-I-L-A-C-K-R-I-V-I-L-A-C-A-R-T-I-C-U-S. What species is that person? Um... Is it a real species? That's a, that's that's not a species. That's no, a species. no. What's his name? Well, what's where? What what kind of person are they? Crivolacarus. Which one is that? That's the name you just gave me. No, Crivolacarticus. <laughs> you killing me, Smalls? <sighs> is it a human? No, that would make no sense. <laughs> Why not? So it's, it's the 24th century. See, so yeah, the Zalations members of the Federation at this point? Zalations? Yeah, X-E-L-A. What is that? Yeah, the metallic gold faceplate to cover the portion of their face. Cool. Oh, they're telepathic. Do you know that? Also, they require aquatic conditions. So no. <laughs> I mean, I don't. Actually, they're standing around. I was say I thought that's what the whole faceplate and whatnot uh, gear was for. 
Yeah, they they made contacts like two hundred fifty years ago. So you want a salation? Yeah. Okay. A human and a salation. Nice. Cool. So we got the places we're at, and we got what they're described like. We can go down the ranks, and if you want to start, Vigro, you can, or you can pass it off. Think about like a. It'll probably be like twenty minutes in all, because there's three of us. It'll take like okay. an hour to go through, but we'll go through like 10 to 15 minutes of story, and then we'll pause. We'll do someone else's story, 10 to 15 minutes, pause, do someone else's story, 10 to 15 minutes, pause. But before the story starts, actually, we need to do some checks to get into the uh, – we'll do a beginning check, a middle check, and then a very end culmination check. So Captain Vigrel, give me some – give me a piloting check to get your ship into position. Okay, that would be uh, six, I think. Six. Nice. Oh, yeah, she flies so pretty. Oh, sorry, no, that's a five. Oh, that's that's still superb. So you're bringing her around. Uh, before Kelvik even has to actually clear away some of the debris and stuff, you manage to fly her way better than she should be able to be flown. So, Kelvik, you're coming up on some larger uh, chunks of basically system making material okay. asteroids things like that Kelvec. Uh, give Wonderful. me give me like a deflector dish move it's, it's gonna be a weapons check no matter what but mm. you're just using it to move pieces and to basically give you guys better access to bring the ship in five wow okay you guys are it's like your trained Starfleet personnel so do you say anything to your Fontian and your Proctor guest? Or do you simply just... Okay. (laughs) But they can at least see how well you guys are doing stuff. So, Canton, in your room, you've got a bunch of information coming in, and you're basically, you're putting it all together and relaying it to to Thelus on the bridge. What would you be doing? I guess just talking him through the information... um trying to interpret it rather than just give him, you know, just flat data that he could put on the screen. Cool. Give me a a rapport check, I guess. Rapport? I think that's that's actually something you're superb at. Oh, darn. I only got a plus four, so great. Only a plus four, great. So you're taking all this information that the sensors are bringing in, plus relaying to him how the captain's flying, the deflector dish and everything, Bringing it all together, are you saying anything to the people assisting you? I'm not really necessarily talking to them, but I am making sure they're paying attention. Kind of, you know, trying to, in a sense, be a a teaching example as to how you communicate this kind of jargon to uh, people that aren't engineers. Nice. Okay. I forgot to get you, Vigrel, while you're flying superbly. Are you yeah. – what are you using this as an example to Gran or to the text? What are you doing? Yeah, I'm using it as an example to Gran. Okay. Examples and the Vulcan is being Vulcan. Cool. So we've, we're getting into the cloud. I guess it's a cloud of material. Vigrel, I've got an idea how to start a flashback with involving these people, but I want to see what you have first. Okay. How would you, much like in a TV show, how would this go back into a flashback part? 
well, so my story is involving myself and Ensign Grand, and so it could just be me telling these two crewmen a story. Like, what's the setting for it? Who's there? You know, the basically the four W's. Right. Who, what, when, where. Okay, so, so the, the story is taking place basically kind of in the transition period between our previous mission and our, our deep space mission. So early on, they assigned us to basically investigate this one binary star system that was on the edge of Federation space, you know, really routine thing, while we waited, you know, for another starship to come out and they were going to transfer crewmen and certain gear and supplies necessary to convert to a deep space mission. And around this time, people of Ghostal were having a... Well, okay, so Ghostal, small planet, and, like, their their military space fleet, their planetary defense force, is a lot of small ships and mostly, like, one-man fighters and that kind of thing. And so Grand, before she joined Starfleet, she was a standout pilot in their academy. And every so many years, they have this big competition with their... Basically, it's like a big air show, except it's kind of competitive with their best pilots. And they had invited Grand to come back for that. And they had invited me to not only come as a special guest, being part of the, the Copernicus. Okay. But both, you know, as being a member of the Copernicus and with my own background in piloting, they were I was also gonna be like an honorary judge of the contest. Not an actual judge. Yes. But an honorary judge, which of course I kinda of find insulting because <laughs> but because I'm Starfleet and I go along with it without saying much in protest. So Grant and I take a warp shuttle and we fly to Ghostal. So this is while you're on the Copernicus? No, no, no. This is while we're on the Tolono 2. Okay, cool. And it's the transition between our Federation border mission and our Okay. Space exploration mission. So it's within like the first year of being in the Tolona 2. Yeah. Okay. And who is involved is Gran at this point. People can pay yeah. pay points to do other things. You guys are on your way to go to a show. You're going to a flight show. Yeah. Well, Gran is actually going to be competing in it is the plan. It, she's been invited to compete in it since she was the standout pilot. Would anybody like to add anything to his story? Well, I was thinking of, since she has the highest respect for anyone that was on the Copernicus, I was thinking about spending a fate point. New officer, we hadn't really known her that much, but she's on the ship and he's the captain. And maybe, you know, she has uh, a crush on him. Not the kind that she's going to you know, jump his bones or anything yet, but just establish that it, maybe she's wanting to show off a little for him. Would it be showing off because she respects him, or you're well, saying it's a mix of both? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that you know, the respect is for everyone, but you know, the captain and, you know, come on, it's, it, it's uh, Vigril. So, what, like a hero crush? Or? Yeah, yeah, like a hero crush, and... I, I want to kind of just leave it open so that 
it, maybe it'll go this way, maybe it'll go that way. That'll take another fate point, but for now, there's a hero crush going. Your story, Vigril. So I spend a fate point, does that go to him? Uh, yes. Okay. Sure, I'll let that happen. Okay. Alrighty. So we have that aspect on the scene, and kind of on her. Now, were you thinking something would happen before you get there? Or something um, would happen at the show? I had not had anything planned for the way there, though if anyone wants to inter- inject interject something, I'm not close to that. I mean, I was thinking just a boring shuttle ride, you know, possibly awkward because there's not a whole lot of relationship established, but – and then, you know, this hero worship probably add to that awkwardness a little bit. Kevin, would you be interested in playing the part of Gran? Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I'm just thinking of things that, what, like what, what kind of things would happen on the way there what kind of conversations Grant's a lady Great, yes Grant is a lady okay. she, is, she is from the planet Ghostal they wear prom- prominent green either like, you know how the Bajorans have the earrings Yeah. these are the people that have like the Pringle cheekbones mm. they, have, they have something similar like an earring or something else of green that's part of their culture that they wear. But yeah, she's definitely uh, of the female gender. With and, a, like a, a similar caste system? No, it's just it's more to separate them from the fourth planet, which is the people that wear the blue. And there's but, no diversity intraplanet, just interplanetary? Yeah, it's, it's not completely like... Uh, they don't all do it, but she does because it's not like they all wear the same hat. They, she just wears it because she's she was actually one of the first ones from her planet to be accepted in the Starfleet Academy. So she is because they didn't get accepted until like around the time you guys saved them and did all the stuff. Um, I think right. you know some of the stuff we would talk about is like you know probably to break the awkward silence is like talking about piloting and like. Oh, you know, what kind of ship are you going to be flying? Oh, these are the maneuvers that are planned. Oh, let's look at some specs on that ship, you know. Oh, yeah, you don't you don't have to, Kevin. It was just an idea. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Never mind then. It's all good. And plus Tracy's got more ideas for us. So, so far, Joshua spent something to make her have somewhat of a hero worship crush on Vigril. The wanting to impress. I will impress the hero or something like that. So Vigro, yes, yep. So you guys talked about it. What happens when you get there? Okay, so when we get there, there's a little reception with you know we meet dignitaries from the planet, other pilot. You know they have very bad versions of a couple Tellerite dishes and other like Federation foods and <laughs> nice. Do you have an idea for like her adversary or? No, I didn't. I didn't have an adversary in mind. Oh, okay. Is this, uh, just out of curiosity, is this just the planet of green dressed people, or would her adversary be someone that wears blue? Could be. Uh, Vigor, did... Could you imagine the you know both sides? Or is Actually, this just, uh... that that reminds me. I'd forgotten about the. I'd originally thought, and I'd forgotten about this component that actually after our encounter with them they brokered a peace deal and that these um this air this competitive air show is 
something they established between the two worlds and it's kind of like almost a reenactment of conflicts they had except that with more flair and so it, it's done as a, a formal thing where the you know the, the victor is, is rather than you know there being a victor through fighting you know they get the pride of oh we flew the best we did the you know coolest so there's, there's still animosity between them somewhat because I mean this is their piece is only like 10 years old right exactly there's animosity but this is a kind of a thing that they came up with where they could be kind of competitive against each other without that competitiveness involving killing and they wanted grand to fly for their planet's team basically oh they shipped her all the way back for that oh yeah yeah standout pilot <laughs> the ghostals are from ghostal and the borthians are from bortho so the blue where are the borthos are blue so are we are we deciding that uh, someone from the blue side is her yeah i think there that would be good is to have like have some basically jerk on the other side that <laughs> it's very arrogant and who would like in this little story to play the part of the jerk, arrogant Bortho? Not Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> but he would do so well at it. I know. He, he has lots of practice. <laughs> as, as, I don't know. With that comment, Kevin, do you want to be the jerk this time or you want me to? Uh, I think you can do it pretty well. <laughs> okay. Fate point to Joshua. I fade you to do that. So whenever he comes up, you'll just interject Joshua, okay? What are they called? Borthos. Borthos. They are from the planet Borthos, and they're Borthons. Borthons, okay. Okay, so you guys are going to this meeting. What else is happening before the flight? Well, I think there's kind of an encounter between, you know, of course I'm hanging out with Gran and uh, this Borthon. Nice. Okay, so where where is this yeah, happening at? So so basically, he kind of like catches her kind of in the corridor outside the thing and is talking trash with with me there, of course. Okay, uh, Kevin, I will give you a fate point this time to definitely play Grand. All right. Yeah. Give yourself a fate point. So the scene is set. Uh, you get to name yourself whenever it comes up, Kevin, if you want. Um, Gran and Vigril are in the hallway, and Bor- the Borthon confronts them. And actually, no, no, sorry, I meant to say Joshua can name the Borthon. You don't get to rename Gran, Kevin. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't get to rename the character. So am I starting the conversation or you guys? You you come up to them and to just start talking smack. So I guess it would be you. Whoa, hey there, sweet cheeks. What are you going this way for? The, uh, you you got to drop your pets off back there. I'm pointing to people <laughs> as I'm saying. That's, that's <laughs> the way to start talking smack. Yeah, that's... Wow, that's okay. I'm, I'm stepping out. You guys have fun with that. You should show oh. some respect. If it weren't for me... She'd be up there painting the sky with your blood. Yeah, well, um, you know, the guy that invented the Macrop, um, you know, he was kind of a jerk, but yeah, I, I, without him, I'd have a dirty bum all the time, so why should I pay respect to you? 
Why should we pay? Listen, honey, why don't you, you know, ditch the, uh, you know, the furball thing here with the smooth cheeks, and, you know, why, why don't you uh, step out of that flight suit and, uh, you know, come over to my quarters? I'm getting ready to fly in a big competition. Yeah, you know, uh, could use a little something for luck. All right, Barfell, let's just move it along. We're got work to go do before I go wipe your pants off with the our ship. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay, I see. Yeah, too much for you. That's okay. I understand. Yeah, that's a small piece like you. I, I can definitely understand that. Um, whenever you get tired of the furball, just you know, you let me know. Real man here waiting for you. <laughs> there, there's a reason your species hasn't doesn't have any officers in Starfleet. Wow. Well, yeah, we're all too busy actually flying real ships. Ah. Huh. Getting all species on them. Yeah, really. Ooh, he's breaking it. I like learning new things about characters. Well, you gotta. I'm, mm. I'm bringing some into that old Tellerite diplomacy. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, what, what do you guys have for that? Are you gonna let him. Actually, yeah. Canton. Or not Canton. What's your name? Oh, they, uh, they call me Paps. Papsy. Papsy. Yeah, yeah. You gotta your, go with a manly name, right? Give me a roll. We'll say your provoke starts at two. What can I say? I'm provocative. Ugh. <laughs> You're trying to convince the Grand or the uh, the Tellerite? Oh, who cares about the Tellerite? But, you know, the Grand's kind of cute, so I'm just trying to convince her to give me a little something. Grand, do you have anything to say to that? I've got something to say to oh, that. Sorry, I was looking at the... Uh... Come on, My officer has much better things to do than waste her time with trash like you, and she's going to show you what a troop pilot looks like in the sky later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I will give a look of um, completely fake and hamish shock. Look back and forth and be like, hold on. You're going to be flying? I thought they only had, you know, real pilots coming out here. We'll see who's the real pilot when we're done. Okay, okay. Well, you know, who knows? I might let you, you know, get up in front of me for a little bit before I pass you. We'll take turns checking out each other's rear ends. Oh, an awful risky Star Trek episode. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Right, because they never do risque stuff in Star Trek. None. So are you guys going to let well, him have the last laugh, or are you going to show him up some way? I, I was leaving this one up to Grand. I'm inclined to just walk off and leave him thinking he's better than us. You want him to and, think he's better than you. Okay. Well, let him think that, and then just prove, like, you say more with actions than words, right? Yes. Give me, so he had a provoke a four. Give me a roll. She's going to have a starting discipline of three. Did my retort help any? Give me uh, a roll. If it's if it's more than his four, then yes. What am I rolling? Uh, uh, provoke. Uh, my provoke would be four. Well, with that roll, I would also have four. Don't you get a plus one during different. provoke things? I have plus one when trying to place an aspect on someone. Hey, you guys are trying to place an aspect on someone. 
Then let's I say, have five. <laughs> let's say that he has the aspect of he does think he's better than you. I'm okay. That's probably one of my aspects anyway. <laughs> I can go with that. So free invoke on my main aspect then. Yes. I think I'm better than you. I think I'm better than you. Or would that okay. be my trouble? Yeah, that'd be one of those. And then that's actually where we'll pause. Well, talk with Tracy. That's a good point to pause it halfway. We'll leave the culmination with the actual race. Okay. That's good? Yeah. Okay. So, Kelvec, we can go to you. Yes. Or do you want to pass on your first attempt story? Do you want to wait until after Canton? Um, I mean, I, I, I can't. My first uh, idea is totally inappropriate here. How so? so? Because I wouldn't be sharing about my Ponfar with these two nobodies and this third officer nobody. Well, you don't have to share it out loud. I mean, it, you know, it's a flashback. <laughs> thinking of it. A flashback, but I mean, it's a story that... Um, how can we... Well, I'm thinking maybe the Fontian sees how, well, like how I might be a little more distressed despite my Vulcan demeanor. Mm-hmm. And, I, I uh, have an idea. And stoicism. And, I have an idea yes. for you. Um, let's say he, while you're working, he approaches you and say, uh, uh, good sir, it, it seems maybe others would not have noticed, but it seems that you were, well, I'm so out of you, I'm trying to think of the word, not shaken, not disturbed, but uh, bothered. Agitated. You see, others may not have noticed, but you you seem slightly agitated more than usual. And then we could pause, and that's when you have your flashback, and we have this whole episode-long flashback of you and your Ponfar, and maybe Canton and Vigil's there, some other people. You have the whole oh, thing. Oh, none of them were there. Oh. Okay. Well, who? Okay, whoever's there. Like he said, he at he says, I notice you're agitated. You go inside your head, have this flashback that takes you know like twenty or thirty minutes comes back and you just say I'm fine <laughs> like you don't like you don't actually talk with them I could have could... done that but then I've been thinking about this like well maybe I have this flashback to a camping trip and out in the Nevada wilderness or that would work too it's whichever one you want to do cause the Fontaine was there on the, the trek where I, I lost my leg right and yes he was well, so I've yeah. been having so do you still want him about it but to, but a little bit of stress do you want him to maybe after the midway point maybe that's when he comes up and asks you I, I noticed that you're a little distressed and then so like this first one is just you working and thinking like seeing him reminds you of that camping trip and then, you know, you'll have, like, your first part of the flashback. We'll have a check where you guys do whatever. And then he says, I noticed that you're a little disturbed. Is there anything I could help? And then you have the second part of the flashback. Does that work? Sure. Sure. I mean, it's it's your story. I'm just trying to help. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, help. Welcome any help. As okay. <laughs> okay, so you're doing your normal Vulcan thing. They're watching. Uh, the Fontian doesn't ask anything. The, the, what was the other guy's? Proctor. I mean, yeah, I managed to pick two names both with P somehow. 
the plot the plot tour asks you know some technical stuff like how are you doing this how are you doing that and you can answer them pretty easily but it's he's not being too invasive he usually he probably takes your sternness not as you know anything bad towards him just you focus on your job so he just leaves it but the fontan fontian does say he once he does ask a question it you answer it but then it reminds you of this camping trip so what what is your flashback on that i was out camping with uh the what were the scouts names the in the 23rd century we've evolved beyond the boy scouts but so when does this take place uh when i'm back on earth before before all of this this is a very long time ago so like your teenage oh so you're like the boy scout age yeah um probably just i'm like 13 14 the quantum scouts (laughs) (laughs) the quantum scouts I was going to go with Trekkies, but that sounds a lot better. The Trek, oh. <laughs> I agree, it does sound better, even though that's pretty awesome. What about just Explorers? Yeah. The Quantum Explorers. Right. <laughs> I, think Tracy, I think Tracy wants to use Quantum. Well, Quantum just makes things sound cooler. That's true. Uh, apparently, Jonathan Archer and Malcolm Reed were both Eagle Scouts, so maybe the Boy Scouts still exist. Yeah, actually they were. Yeah, so you could you could totally be a boy scout. I like that. Okay. Except they just shortened it to scouts because girls can join now. Oh yeah, so you could be a scout. Fair. Okay. Yeah. So you're scouting. You're a tween, a teenager. What are you? I'm thirteen. Uh, let's say fifteen. Okay. Fifteen. I'm well on my way to Eagle Scout. At, of course. Um, right. And me and my troop are camping out in the Nevada wilderness. And we are going on a hike. And it's supposed to be like a weekend-long adventure between school and the, say, late spring. Is there anything in particular about your scout leader or the other scouts? Are you the only Vulcan? Are you the only human? I am the only Vulcan. Okay. And I am I am the most accomplished and successful of them all, and so everybody's a little. Yeah. And I'm also kind of a jerk, yeah. so in the Vulcan way. But I haven't fully developed my Vulcan discipline yet. Understandable, because so, you are with your yeah. mother. Right. And I'm a little bit of a show off. So. Show off as in just like show off your physical abilities. Or just just show off your physical and mental and it it it's trying to be like subtle, but I I, I will unnecessarily demonstrate my prow my physical and mental prowess for the benefit of the adults and the superiors in my life. Teenagers, so I can see that. I'm trying to impress somebody. Now, is this before? I don't know if you had declared before is. You had spent some time on Vulcan with your dad, right? I think that's going to be after this. Okay. Another reason why you haven't developed the whole discipline. I think this might be the reason why I go. Nice. I like it. Continue.
Thank you for listening to episode 39 of our continuing Star Trek Fate Adventures. If you'd like to hear other episodes, you can do that at burneverythinggaming.podbean.com on the iTunes and the Stitcher and the other things you can listen to us. That'd be great. We'd also love to get some feedback from you. You can do that over on our Facebook, our Twitter, or burneverythinggaming at gmail.com. Plus, like, feedbacks on the ratings, like iTunes and things. Just let us know how awesome you think we are. Or if you're not, let us know. Whatever it is, we'd love to hear back from you. If you'd like to help us do more of these and get better sound equipment so you can hear us better, control what kind of things the players run into, what settings our one-shots are in, you can all do that at our Patreon. You can help donate and keep this going and hopefully even make more content. Either way, hope you keep enjoying. 